0: Well, hello, and welcome to the Connection Point Worldview podcast. My name is Ron. I'm here with Dr. Zach Breitenbach and Dr. Trey Shigley. We're, we're pushing for it, Trey. We're pushing for the doctor <laughs> someday, <a> doctor. <laughs> right now. Yeah, not not a doctor now, but Pastor Trey Shigley. And uh, they head up our worldview department at Connection Point Christian Church. This is a podcast that's designed to help you as a parent or guardian go deeper into places that your student has already gone, just help equip you. And uh, you guys are... Uh, uh, just started a, a new series uh, with the middle schoolers. And uh, so what are, what are you trying to accomplish with this particular series? How does this first week fit into uh, the series?
1: Yeah, so we're trying to give students a picture of what the Bible's all about in a nutshell, really. So we're covering awesome. a lot of territory in four weeks, right? Yeah. So we're going to do all, all the Old Testament uh, the first week. That's what we'll be talking about today. Cool. All the New Testament uh, this coming Sunday. And then the book of Acts will be the third week where we kind of talk about, okay, after Jesus rose, what was like the early church like? And then the fourth week is like all the rest of church history. Awesome. So (laughs) (laughs) a lot of centuries that we're uh, piling into four weeks. Um, But we're hoping that in the end, students walk away understanding kind of like what the overarching story of the Bible is from the Old Testament through the New and uh, a little bit about what happened after uh, Jesus.
0: Awesome. Um, So what's a worldview story?
2: Yeah. So we're we're talking about the worldview story of the Bible. What what does that mean? Well, a worldview is kind of our view of the world, right? It's how we answer the biggest questions of life and then how it guides how we live. And so a worldview story is just taking that worldview, and every worldview can be expressed as a set of beliefs, but it can also be expressed as a story, you know, um, the basics of a story. Like, well, how did Uh, things begin where did humans come from what went wrong like what's what's the problem that we're trying to solve here what's the solution and how does it end like those are just the basic components of a story and every worldview can be described uh, in that way and so a worldview story again is just the the big questions the beginning the the problem, the solution, the ending. So that's pretty much the basics of a worldview story.
0: Oh, so cool! Uh, can can you give us then a, a basic big picture view of the biblical worldview story?
1: Yeah. So there's there's a lot of these little stories throughout the Bible. Uh, we we even challenge them to think of like what are all the Bible stories you can think of? And, you know, they've heard lots of them since since they've been in church. Um, but what is the what is the overarching story of the Bible? And and so every Worldview has some understanding of, of sort of where we came from, what's messed up in the world, how do we fix it if we can fix it, uh, and where are we all going to end up? Hmm. So it's got this sort of story arc of beginning, sort of a, a conflict, a resolution, and, and then the, the conclusion where we all end up. So this is kind of uh, how we how we broke it down with the if we were to give an overview of it, we kind of divided it into. Uh, three parts to the Old Testament and three parts to the New. So with the Old Testament, this is, this is going to involve creation, God making everything good. Uh, then, then the fall is, is where uh, problems enter into the world with uh, the first uh, sin and with death. Uh, and so this is where we get the, the problem that needs to be overcome. And then the rest of the Old Testament we categorize as sort of preparing Israel for the Savior, who's ultimately going to be the solution to the problem. Uh, And then next week, we're going to pick it up with the the New Testament and talk about three steps there. So, first of all, Jesus comes on the scene to save us and and fix the problem. Uh, And then the church age would be the fifth uh, sort of scene in the story. Uh, This is where we have the mission to go out in the world and tell people about Jesus. and then the sixth and final scene is when Jesus returns, there's final judgment, and there's a perfection of the world. Even though Jesus has conquered sin and death, we, we don't see that actualized as much until he comes back, and we, we have uh, our resurrection bodies, and, and Jesus finally puts an end to uh, suffering, death, and, uh, and sin, at least for those who have trusted in him. So that's the story.
0: That's so cool because I think a lot of us, kind of whether you grew up in the church or not, we don't end up learning necessarily. uh, We we learn our our faith kind of in pieces and sometimes very much out of order. And so it's nice to have a context in the terms of the whole flow of the story. And then I can go back and... Oh, okay, now I understand where Abraham fits or Moses fits or Jesus or Paul or whatever because you see the big picture story. Yes,
1: and that is our goal. Give them the big picture.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so the stages of the Old Testament are creation, the fall, and then preparation of Israel for a savior. That's Old Testament. Can you dive a little deeper into creation, Trey? You want to take that?
2: Yeah. um, This answers a lot of questions about the world we live in and... That affects, you know, how we interact with others and how we uh, interact with God. And so the very first verse of the Bible, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And so it's very clear in Scripture, God is the cause of all things. He created everything. And what's amazing um, about God, and, and this is different than a lot of other religions, um, and uh, is that there wasn't pre-existing stuff that God shaped. No, there was nothing. It was just God. And then everything um, came from nothing. He created all of the universe, all of time, space, and matter, just from nothing. Um, And just how powerful, how amazing that is. It just blows my mind when I think about it. But um, he created the heavens and the earth, uh, which is another way of saying kind of like everything above you, everything below you, the entire universe. Um, And so that's kind of... uh, The very beginning of the Bible giving us the framework of where did everything come from? And then uh, where did humans come from? The creation of humans. So God's creating everything. And then humanity isn't just another one of the animals. It's a special act of creation set apart, uh, different. And in Genesis 1, it says, uh, God said, let us make humans in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the earth. So God created humans in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And God saw everything he had made and behold, it was very good. So humans are kind of this crowning um, aspect of creation made in the image of God. And this is where how we know every single person you encounter is, has infinite value because God created them in his image. And essentially that means like we share in the qualities of God. You know, obviously we aren't uh, embodying those qualities perfectly or we don't have those qualities fully, but we have uh, a lot of God's qualities We're made in his image and everything was good. Humans were in a right relationship with each other, a right relationship with the world and a perfect like right relationship with God and everything was kind of um, in in harmony. And uh, so that's kind of the setup. That That is the creation, how things all got started.
0: So that sounds like a great world, but obviously something went wrong, so what happened?
1: Right, so then we, we covered the uh, the fall in some level of, of detail and we talked about uh, how Satan came on the scene in, in the form of the serpent and uh, tempted Eve uh, and ultimately, they, they sinned. And, and God had given them just one command uh, just don't eat from, from this one tree uh, of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and that was all that He had commanded them at that point, but they, they broke the one rule. Uh, so it was interesting how Satan went about it. Uh, he has familiar tactics that he likes to use. So he convinced Eve that, hey, this fruit looks good. It it says that the woman saw the fruit of the tree was was good for food. So she the sort of the lust of the eyes, the things that you could see, um, and also uh, look like it'd be good for food and and taste good. So was sort of the the fleshly desires. And then also, uh, Satan really emphasized that this would give you wisdom to make you like God. Uh, so there's there's this pride element that if you do this, you know God just wants to keep you down. Uh, he he doesn't want you to be great like He is. And and so trying to convince them that God's not looking out for your best interests. Um, he gives you this command, but it's it's not really what's best for you. Uh, you know what's best for you. This is what's best for you. And so so there's this the visual aspect, the things you can see the. The, the good for food, the, the, uh, the, the lust of the flesh, and then the, um, the desire for, for gaining wisdom and the pride. And so ultimately, of course, Adam and Eve uh, uh, sin, and um, there are some consequences of this sin. Um, they would ultimately physically die because they would be kicked out of the garden and, and lose access to the tree of life. Uh, It says in in chapter 3 of Genesis that they could no longer eat from this tree of life and live forever. Um, So eventually they would physically die. But God had warned them that if you do eat from this tree that they were commanded not to eat from, on that day you will die. Now, they didn't physically fall over dead. Eventually they did because they lost access to the, the tree of life. But they did die that day, as God had said, but they died uh, spiritually, they they experienced a, an immediate separation from God that they had not experienced before. They had rebelled against God. They had broken the the command that He had given them, the only one He had He had given them, as far as we know. And they um, they were now uh, under God's condemnation. They were now guilty, and the relationship was now broken. Um, so they died immediately spiritually, but and they would ultimately die. Physically, so so the fall introduces uh, uh, this physical death and also uh, spiritual death into the world,
0: and that's huge. I mean, obvious, massive repercussions. The entire world is affected by and explains so much of uh, what we see today, really in every aspect of our lives and the world. And my own. Stupid heart, you know? (laughs) Um, Okay, so the first two chapters of the Old Testament then describe creation. Chapter 3 describes the fall. And then the rest of the Old Testament, 889 chapters, describe the preparation of Israel for a Savior. Uh, Trey, you wanna explain all of the rest of those Easy. 889 yeah. chapters uh, in, in a minute or two?
2: Yeah, this is where we kinda gotta kick it into high gear because <laughs> it is a lot, like if you've ever tried to read through the Bible uh, from the beginning, it's uh, it's a lot of reading um, and, um, and a lot of different genres and a lot of different kind of stories that track across hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, so it is a big challenge to try to summarize but uh, what we did is kind of break it up into looking at the kind of the five main characters or uh, aspects of the Old Testament. And I'm going to fly through them real quick. And Ron, like you said, if you grew up hearing these stories, this is helpful to put them kind of in their place and context. If you've never heard of any of these people, then this would be kind of hard to track along with possibly. <laughs> but um, so it starts with Adam and Eve again with, with creation and the fall happens. But even right after the fall, there is this prophecy. There's this hope introduced of a Messiah, of someone who will be uh, chosen and who will save and kind of redeem um, people from the effects of the fall. Uh, he, uh, God says to the snake, like, hey, there will be a descendant of Eve that you will strike. So you will strike his heel. But... Uh, he will strike your head. Essentially, he will crush you. Uh, You will injure him, but he will crush you. And it's this first prophecy of someone descended from Eve that will eventually make things right, that will crush the snake Um, and the effects of sin, which is, you know, death um, and separation from God. And so that kind of kicks off. It's this sad moment in the Bible, but there's a glimmer of hope at the end of it and then you start walking forward in time and god chooses this man named abraham calls him to um, start this family and through this family god says i will um, be a blessing to you but it's not just to stay in your family it's to be a blessing to the rest of the world and so uh there's this kind of act of going from uh, a specific group of people but god wanting to be a blessing to the rest of the world And uh, when we look at that, so I I gave kind of a visual when I was teaching through this, the snake um, for the first kind of aspect. And then this was a globe because the blessing wasn't meant to stay with them. But what eventually happened is Abraham's descendants, you know, he had he had uh, uh, Isaac and then Jacob. And then the 12 tribes of Israel came from Jacob, whose name was changed to Israel. They become this great nation, but they aren't always doing it and living out in a way that's blessing the world. They're often selfish. They're often keeping things to themselves, not blessing the people around them. So we are looking forward again to this person or this group of people that will um, be blessed by God to in order to bless the rest of the world. Um, and then you keep moving forward, and Moses is this major character in the Old Testament. God uses him to rescue his people out of slavery in Egypt, bring them to the promised land. And one of the biggest things about Moses is that it's through Moses God gives them the law. So he gives Moses the Ten Commandments. And that's kind of the symbol for this um, movement in the stories, the, the Ten Commandments. And God tells them, essentially, if you obey everything I've commanded you, we can have a great relationship. Like, we can be in this perfect relationship. I will tell you what to do in order to live perfectly, essentially. Uh, and, of course, the problem with that, as we all know, <laughs> even if we know the right things to do, we either don't want to do them or we don't have the power to do them. Mm-hmm. And so even though God has given them, hey, this is who I am, is he revealing himself and his character to them, the people can't keep it. And so we're looking forward to someone who can keep the law perfectly, who can actually um, have the desire and the power to do what is right and, and pleasing uh, in God's sight. And then you fast forward again, the first uh, or the second king of Israel, David. And he's this man after God's own heart that God is really pleased with and gives him authority and even gives him a, a blessing and a prophecy. And he says to David, hey, I will raise up your offspring and your flesh and blood, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So he's saying, David, one of your descendants will rule and reign And his reign will never end which is odd because people die right right every rule and reign ends so it's kind of an interesting promise to david but hey one of your descendants will rule and reign forever and so they're looking forward to someone descended from david who will actually be this king and unlike david who sometimes abused his power who sometimes fell short this ruler would use his power not to lord over people but to always serve and bless the people that he's over so they're looking forward to this, um, this king descended from David. Um, and I had a, a crown to kind of symbolize that promise, that person we're looking forward to. Um, and then ultimately the people of God, they, um, they rebel against him over and over again. They choose to follow um, false gods. They choose to um, not act righteously and justly. They abuse uh, their power. They don't take care of the widows, the poor, the oppressed. And God allows them to go into exile. And through this process of being taken over by other countries, um, these prophets arise. And a part of their job is to call people to do the right thing. Hey, return to your first love. Return to God. Obey the law. Do uh, righteous things. Act justly. Love mercy. All of these things. But then another thing they're doing is telling people, hey, we are looking forward to a day where there will be a Messiah who will rescue us. And a, a theme that was kind of common was, oh, there's this person who's going to rescue us uh through violence through the sword they're looking forward so i put a sword as this symbol because this is what people thought we will be rescued from the babylonians the persians the greeks and then finally the romans by this person who established his kingdom and there's this verse in isaiah or this passage that's popular around christmas but it's, for us the child is born to us the son is given the government will be on his shoulders and he'll be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. So it's coming back to some of these themes, like a descendant of David. He will reign, um, but they thought he would bring peace through the sword. And so they're living expecting someone to come um, who will kind of free them from oppression. And what's beautiful, looking back on it, and obviously this is all leading to Jesus, is that Jesus does crush sin and death. He does uh, be a blessing to the world. He does follow God's commands perfectly. He is this righteous ruler. Um, and he does bring freedom, but it's in ways they didn't expect. It's in a spiritual freedom that actually will outlast uh people's earthly lives um and so obviously it's just this big setup when you look at the individual stories in the old testament it's hard to lose sight of it's all a big setup a big reveal for jesus um and when you look at it zoomed out when jesus finally arrives on the scene it's like oh wow this is the guy like this is the person we've been waiting for Hmm. So that's kind of the the whole Old Testament, and obviously in the New Testament, and that's what we'll talk about this next week is how Jesus fulfills all of those things, saves us, and then gives us a mission until He returns.
0: That's that's really really great. So this week, when a parent finds themselves at a family dinner, maybe driving their student to school or something, maybe just hanging out, well, it'd be a good question they could ask uh, to get a good conversation started with their with their student.
1: Yeah, I, I think a great question would just be to talk about those symbols that Trey just went over uh, and just ask your student, who or what do these symbols represent? Um, maybe they'll remember, maybe not. Either way, it'd be a, it'll be a good review for them. Uh, just talk about the snake, the globe, the Ten Commandments, the crown, the sword. Uh, what, what are these things? What, what significance did they have in the, in the story of the, of the Old Testament that, that they learned about last week?
0: It's helpful for, even, even for me and uh, so thankful for, for you guys. Um, I know um, it's going to be a huge blessing to these students in these coming weeks as well. If you've got questions about the church, you can go to cp.church and that's a good place to start. Otherwise, uh, get the word out about this podcast. That would help us an awful lot and uh, be a blessing to other people as hopefully it's been a blessing to you. Know we're praying for you and your students. God bless you and have a great week.